Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. Welcome to Teach Me to Talk, the podcast. I'm Laura Mize, pediatric speech-language pathologist, and we have a great show ready to go today. I'm so happy that you joined us. But before I introduce my fabulous guest, I want to talk a little bit about an exciting thing that's taken all summer long to come to fruition for us. We have gotten... Uh, my first course, Early Speech-Language Development, Taking Theory to the Floor, the course I've been teaching all over the country since 2010, that is finally on DVD, and it morphed from a six-hour course to a 12-hour course, so super-duper comprehensive. I probably can't say super-duper without getting sued by super-duper, but whatever, (laughs) but it morphed into a huge conference, and again, lots of people, since I've been giving that course, have given me feedback that this is too much information for a one-day course, and so when I sat down and really included every single thing that I would ever want to include about the information in that course, it was a two-day course. So that will be available in September, and we'll have ASHA's CEU credit for all you speech pathologists who are always clamoring for those extra hours, and all those folks who've tried to get me to go to places that I'm never going to be able to go, you'll be able to see the course now. And so I'm super excited about it, and stay tuned to TeachMeToTalk.com's Facebook page and Twitter and the website so that you can stay, again, current with when that goes on sale. And I just wanted to mention that that is very, very close because I've been talking about it for a long time. So hopefully that will be for sale in September. I also wanted to mention that there are a couple of great links on TeachMeToTalk.com's Facebook page uh, that I've posted over the last week or so. Uh, the first one is, if does your child's teacher use a stoplight for behavior? And that is such an insightful article about how we sometimes shame or guilt children into behaving and perhaps even children who don't have the capability of being able to hold it together for a whole school day. So I've gotten super feedback, both positive and even a little negative, um, on that article. So take a look at that. There's also a great post from practicalaac.org about five reasons to say yes to no about why we need to honor our little friend's no's in therapy. And sometimes that can be a little disconcerting to a mom who's there and wants her child to behave and be pleasant and be compliant. But no and saying no in whatever form, whether it's a gesture by pushing you away or a head shake or a word or a sign or a picture with their AAC device, it's still communication. So we have to honor that, and I thought that was a great, great post from, uh, and I linked that from practicalaac.com. And then there's one more that I want to talk about. It's uh, linked from speechspeech.com, and it's an article from a Philadelphia uh, newspaper, their website, and it says, this is the headline, I'm going to read it, groups colon, apps, not effective tool for teaching babies. And we talk about that all the time, about screen time and the the research that says that children don't really uh, have educational outcomes from using lots of those screens when they're itty-bitty babies and we should be focusing on 
social interaction and building all of those skills that children really need to develop language and cognition. So I wanted to mention that as well. All right, we had that out of the way. And now I want to introduce our wonderful guest for today. It's Heidi Kay from Pediastaff. Hi, Heidi. Hi, so happy you have, uh, to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am really excited about it, too. And so, Heidi, you were telling me all the great things that you guys do at Pediastaff, so I want you to just share that information for our listeners just in case they don't know who you are. If they've been anywhere, though, on Pinterest or on Twitter or on Facebook and all those, those SLP pages, they probably are going to recognize either your name or your company name. So share what you guys do. Well, thank you so much. Um, Pedia Staff is a pediatric and school-based uh, therapy staffing firm. We place OTs, SLPs, um, PTs, and a few school psychologists all into pediatric and school-based uh, settings. But we do direct placement and we also do contract. Um, but my mission um, as part of our sort of goodwill and, and an education team is to share resources that we find out there in the community that will help um, therapists uh, be better at what they do and to be um, the best that they can be. So we have devoted an enormous amount of time and literally my full-time role here, um, I am one of the founders of the company, but my full-time role at Pedia staff is um, online and social media education and content. So that's sort well, of that where... is my, that's why you're the perfect person to come on and talk to us about using social media and all that new stuff that's out there as a real professional development opportunity. And so that's this is a this is brand new information for some of our listeners, perhaps. And then even for those of us who've been around for a while, I'm sure you're gonna to get to share some some avenues and some resources that maybe we haven't even fully um, made part of our regular routine. So I'm, you are the perfect person, I think, to talk about this. And I've followed Pedia staff for a while now, and mostly on Pinterest. My goodness, Heidi, it is no wonder that that's your full-time job with the social media stuff with the how – many, how many pins do you guys have on Pinterest? How many boards? Do you know? Uh, there's 132 boards, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that includes that's a, lot. a couple – and that includes a couple of uh, group boards that we have um, permission to post to. And I think we're at 20,600 pins. I mean, I could just get lost. I mean, I could lose a day and a half just looking at PDSF's pins if, I, if I'm not careful. I mean, I can just sit and sit and sit. I love And that's my favorite resource. And we're going to get to... Pinterest and all of those specific things, but I want to be sure and share um, that on TeachMeToTalk.com's Facebook page, I have provided the link for a great tool that Heidi, and I know that you had some help putting this together, and you want to be sure to give credit where credit's due, but why don't you tell us about that Essential Social Media Tools for SLPs guidebook that you guys put together last year for ASHA. Okay, yeah, thanks, Laura. Uh, this is a was the brainchild of our um, work at ASHA last year. We, um, as you know um, and as your listeners will find out, we have really tried to make it our business to engage the SLP community online and on Twitter and Facebook especially. 
there is a very vibrant community of um, of uh, individuals that call themselves the SL Peeps, and that's with a hashtag in front of it. And on Twitter, if you were to put any tweet, tweet that you wanted to broadcast with the um, with the hashtag SL Peeps, anyone who is considered themselves an SL Peep and follows that hashtag would be able to see it. So people are, are networking that way. And, and actually, that was how I became very um, friendly with the SL Peeps. And after ch- chatting th- with them, um, they said to me, you know, you really understand how to do this. We really need to educate everyone else um, who would like right. to try to get to know people over social media. And so, you know, we started brainstorming about ways that we could spread the word and not just preach to the choir because you can't just, you know, right. go online and talk about it because what you're trying to do is, is is find the people who aren't online and have or have no idea that there is a community online. So what exactly. we did was... Um, PDSF decided to uh, donate one of our booths uh, in the Career Center last year instead of using it for our interviews last year. We actually donated it to the SL Peeps and created a learning center so that um, uh, ASHA members could uh, wander through the um, the convention hall and, and find us to learn about all these terrific places uh, to share. So we nice. decided we wanted a takeaway from this, we we uh, I invited about we had about 25 SLPs who volunteered an hour or two of their time um, mm-hmm. from their convention um, uh, visit to man our booth and to help teach. We had about three or four iPads um, set up where people could come up and we could show them how how Pinterest worked and how to set up a Pinterest account or or showed them how everything looks on Twitter and and how easy it was to use. Uh, we also showed them our link, our LinkedIn group, um, as well as you know what was going on on Facebook, where all these people were coming together in a virtual community. And so, as part of preparing for that show, we decided we wanted to have some kind of a takeaway product, uh, product that our visitors mm-hmm. could take home and get a much better uh, chance to when they were home and quiet and, and could really concentrate on the on the uh, material would have a way almost sort of a guidebook on how to navigate uh, the process of becoming active in social media. It is so that's where the book came from. And, yeah, and I, it is just a great resource. So if any of you listening have been a little bit intimidated and you're thinking, I don't even really quite understand what she's talking about. I know sort of about Twitter, and I have a Facebook account, but I don't really know what she means by virtual community or, you know, using this as professional development. If you're not sure about that and you're really wanting to get that step-by-step process, as we speech people tend to like, the link to this wonderful guide. How many pages is it, Heidi? Like 25, 26, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Once you get done with all the bios and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Here, again, the link, you can get it at pediastaff.com. Is that, are you guys a .com? Is that right? Yeah, pediastaff.com. And um, I believe we do have a permalink um, to it trying to think if it's off the blog or if you go to the blog and you go to the search um the search box and type in essential uh tools it'll definitely pop up on one of the uh the blog posts but I think you said you also had the the link on your site too I did just link it I didn't link it on the website yet because that 
that process of the <laughs> format that we use for that is just easier for me to do it on the darn Facebook page than it is. Yeah, I'm that, that all work anyway. <laughs> and so it's, but I'll eventually get uploaded to the real website. But it's um, it's on there now. And even if you go to teachmetalk.com, down in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, on if you um, are a member of Facebook, the little you should have a little box that'll pop up that will say like us on Facebook and then the top post, the most current post from teachmetotalk.com Facebook page always appears there. So if you are listening anyone's listening uh within the next day and a half or two days, that's probably the post that will appear there. And so that would be a way to find it too. But if not, um just just do some searching around until you find it because it's a great, great resource. And I do have it if you're on Facebook, go straight to dot com. You have to put the dot com in there and then you can find it on Facebook. Yeah, I'm most but excited about this book for um the the experienced SLPs. Um at the risk of, of putting my foot in my mouth and in, in, in giving away my age. I, I the kids get it. You know, all the new grads, they just get it because they've grown up with this and they're they're living right. all the social media. Um, but those of us who, you know, graduated in the 80s and, and stuff, right. it's, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit less, um, you know, obvious on what the purpose of all this is. And, and one of right. the articles that I love in the book that we wrote is that uh, Katie Milliken, who is now a, a, a practicing SLP, I think she took her first position in Alaska, she wrote sort of the introduction for us and and what we yeah. try to explain there is that we if you remember when you you went to school and you learned about the salons of the renaissance where men unfortunately it was only men allowed would would come <laughs> would come to trade intellectual discussion and discuss the topic of the day and there was a, a much greater emphasis put on learning with your peers perhaps outside of your regular job. And and right. we're trying to, by being online like this, it's, it's a way of creating a whole, as, as we said, virtual um, community where imagine you're in a room with a, with 50 chairs in a circle and everybody's talking about, about the same thing. Um, and right. these hashtags and whatnot are ways, on Twitter are ways that people can um, be able to speak to one another as if it was a discussion group or as if we were all here on the radio together. And right. we don't get enough of that. We're all so busy running from place right. to place, and the idea of having it online is you don't necessarily all have to be there at the same time, and that's 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 critical. By being online, you can come in and out. Right. And it helps for people who maybe practice in more isolated places if you're uh, new where you live and you haven't developed those peer-to-peer relationships and you don't really have friends that are SLPs and you're in a brand-new job and you kind of feel lost and you don't have great support, I think seeking out people, even though they're halfway across the country, I mean, this is just a new opportunity and a new way to do it. And I always learn new therapy techniques, new little bits and pieces of research to support maybe what I already do or a new twist on something that I've never thought about before, even just from posts that aren't even supposed to be that academic 
I mean, you can get a ton of information and things that will will literally save a session <laughs> just by being involved um, in some of these ways that we're going to talk about. So I think it's a great, well, great, great resource. What you said about the lack of academic is, is really key. In the old days, all we had was the ASHA leader. Right. And it was academic, <laughs> academics, academic. Okay, so there right. weren't that many practical things to take into the classroom right. or practical things to take into the clinic, whereas the social media stuff is virtually all practical. Yeah, there are people exactly. discussing the ins and outs of research, and there are people discussing, you know, the latest, um, you know, the latest poster session they saw or, or whatever, but it's much more, I have this kiddo who has this, this, right. and this, um, who did something extraordinary, and you're just going to get bombarded with responses. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so special to go into right. one of these, like the SSL Peeps Facebook room, and they will just bombard you with love. I mean, it's, it's just right. an amazing experience. Well, you get tons of great ideas, lots of support. There's also lively debate, though. Sometimes someone will post a question, and there will be differences in opinions. And I, sometimes people may get feel like their toes are stepped on a, a little bit. But a lot of people like that lively debate. I'm one of those people. I, I kind of like to read what somebody does that I don't necessarily agree with, and then I can think about it and kind of mull over it and decide what my position will be, whereas that may have been something I never would have considered before. So I think there's just incredible opportunity there. Uh, and yeah, and I like think we'll talk about some of the specifics in a minute, but um, you also need to mention, Laura, that there's interdisciplinary um, opportunities yeah. um, on social media as well, our LinkedIn group especially, but there's um, a couple others that where OTs, SLPs, um, and PTs can all talk about ways to co-treat, and that's a, right. that's really special, too. Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity because, again, we may not always have those resources in the setting where you work. I'm in private practice, and thankfully I have a ton of friends, and if I need a PT or a PT, I can pick up the phone and call them, but not everybody has developed those relationships. And, again, if you're just getting started in your career or if you've been the same job for 15 years and all of the, you've just had – you know, been struggling to keep your head above water, and you're just now getting to the point where you feel like, man, I could really reach out and use some new ideas here. It's a great, great, great way to do it. So let's move forward and start talking about these specifics. So the first one in your guide is Pinterest. So tell us about Pinterest, Heidi. Well, I think Pinterest has been the, the big talk of 2012 um, um, for the most part of the beginning of 2013, um, where it is, it, it's really the social media, um, the the big, the new big thing. Mecca. Um, and what Pinterest is, is, it is, it is, and and it's especially wonderful for teachers of all kinds. And when you consider right. what we're doing with children and in the pediatric community, especially, and that's where I work, so I can speak especially from that point of view is that we are all teachers and although we are we're treating um we are helping these children advance their their lives and their education so oh. i consider us teachers and so i feel like pinterest is is truly the perfect community to share with other teachers what we're doing uh for therapy and and with other pediatric therapists so what pinterest is is it's imagine you have this great big bulletin board 
and you can put 10 or 15 big squares on your bulletin board and you can use up those little squares to pin or or keep track of different places on the web different activities that you found on the web different photographs that show maybe how your 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 ideal therapy room would look um or books that you want to read or activity guides uh that you would like to be able to to have um you know as part of your um your therapy materials and if you remember the way we learned how to keep track of all this on our computer um in the quote old days we used bookmarks I have folders and folders full of bookmarks that I don't think I have looked at in five years. I know. Because they're not they're not intuitive, especially for women. We're visual people. <laughs> and so the neat thing about Pinterest is it allows us to have these visual uh folders for each of yeah, these, the pictures are of right these topics. Pictures. So what happens is you you go to Pinterest uh because let's say you found a page um I just I want to buy a copy of um, this is how to teach um, childhood apraxia of speech by by D Fish okay and I I can't afford it now but I want to keep track of it because the next time I get some budget I want to buy it for my for my staff you go to the Amazon page or wherever it is you want to buy from it and you you click on this little bookmarklet that you can put on your toolbar and say pin it. And it will automatically bring up this pin button that allows you to then put it in any of your Pinterest pin boards or folders. And if you, you can title that, that folder or pin board, Books I Want to Read or mm-hmm. Therapy Books I Want to Get. And once you do it, it's there. And so then the oh. next time you go back to Pinterest, you'll have this whole visual set of I mean, they are essentially bookmarks. There's nothing physically different except there's a photograph because on every page you pin, there has to be an image. That is probably yeah. the only negative, and there are some little tricks that right. if our readers want, I can actually direct them to. I have a an actual pin board on our Pinterest page of tricks for Pinterest on how to get um come up with little – there's little workarounds. You can actually take a screenshot if there's something you want to pin that has no picture you can actually take a screenshot of it and create a picture so you can literally pin it. But that's, you that's know, really power, yeah. power user kind of stuff. But literally right. anything you might want to store in a, in a pin board, in a, uh, you know, or what, they, what they call pin boards, which are essentially folders, you can pin and then have it forever and keep it. Yeah, I love Pinterest, and I love because, like you said, it really um, it just makes all those little bookmarks. It's just more user it's user friendly, and it's just a better way to keep up with it. And it's just tons of fun, and you can just find about any topic that you want to. You can do what you talked about with pinning something from another website or another post that you found somewhere, but you can also just search on Pinterest and find lots and lots and lots of ideas. And, again, if you do Pinterest and you've never been to PediaSaf boards, stop what you're doing right now and go do that because you'll you'll have something to do for the next, oh, four, five, six, seven, eight hours <laughs> because there are tons and tons and tons of great things there. So talk about all the different things that you've done with PediaSaf on Pinterest, Heidi. And again, we only we only have about forty minutes, so so. Okay, you to I'll try to keep it quick. 
Well, what we did on what we did on uh, Pinterest is is you know when we started this whole idea of sharing, we started putting articles and stuff up on our website. We have this resources section, and all we could really do was link to to titles of articles and stuff, and it was really quite clunky. Um, and when Pinterest came along, I had this huge eureka, like, oh, my gosh, we can make our Pinterest board our resources page now. And right. it's also so quick to pin something that it's not this massive yeah. in, um, you know, undertaking for me to put something up on the website, whereas I just pin it, it's there for everybody. So as I said, we have about 132 different boards, and the boards at the top are what we consider sort of our, our critical must-read boards, uh, we have a pin board of the week, which I don't always do one because it has to me it has to be something that's been overwhelmingly popular, um, and so I'll pick one of, uh, from something of there. And then I'll have a I have a board at the very top called four SLPs, and that is sort of a catch-all board where I'll put pieces of research that I've seen. Um, if there's been a language development study at a particular university, I might pin a link to the Science Daily article that that talks about that study. Um, but we'll also do um we also do uh, try to do a really good job of posting the all the blog posts that we like uh there are so many wonderful SLP bloggers and Pinterest is a really nice way to keep track of them all uh without necessarily having to follow all the blogs and worry about getting you know right. a, a feed reader and all that um so there's there's a board for that that's sort of a catch all of everything and then if you start to read further down um, the boards, we have boards for virtually every topic you might need to be working with. Like we have a board that's specifically articulation. Everything in that board is either an articulation activity, an article about um, about Artic, um, a blog post about Artic, lots and lots of freebies, um, flashcards, and, and tons of materials that people have made to share for free on the net. And that's one of the things that we try very hard is to post things that are free and, and try to let people right. know if it's not something that's free. Uh, we have a rhyming board um, so that you can find um, activities uh, if you're looking working on speech sounds and, and um, you know, phonemic awareness. We have a rhyming time board. We have um, phonological and phonemic, phonemic awareness board um, that is – more for generalized stuff that maybe a, a second grade teacher would put up, but certainly still could be useful for for an SLP. Uh, we have a social skills and pragmatics board. We have a board that is just social stories, free social stories we found on the web. Uh, a board about visual supports and pecs. Um, board uh, specifically about sequencing and patterning and following directions. Uh, there's a board on idioms and um, Figures of speech. Uh, let's see what else. Inferences, drawing conclusions, emotions and feelings. One of the fa my favorite things that I like, um, and I have would love to have some more time to develop more of these boards. We have three or four boards that are actually photograph boards. Photos, uh, mm -hmm. a whole board of photos for concepts of time. Like this is the most darling photograph of these beagles trying to squeeze through a uh, a sliding glass door. And you can talk about things about who's on top, who's underneath, right. who's between. Um, and so there's some really wonderful things. And, in fact, uh, Jen, Jenna Rayburn of Speech Time um, uh, News um, ha has a wonderful post of how you can use this um, app called Tapieco, uh, which will allow you to take 
pin boards and bring them onto your iPad and actually use, you can take these photo boards that I've created and put them on your, um, so that you can actually work with them with a the kid and not have to have them in front of the computer. So oh, we have photos to elicit elicit action verbs, photos for working on emotions, photos for social problem-solving skills, some really wonderful pictures of, of, of kids in situations and where you could try to discuss, you know, um, social norms and pragmatics and, and, and stuff like that. So there's, I tell people to get themselves a coffee and a cookie because you really yeah. need you need to have time to browse all this stuff. And then, of course, then further down, there's about 10, 15 boards with themed activities for the for the time of year that you might be working on in school, whether it's back to school, Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween. Right. Tons and tons of freebies that you can use in the classroom or in your clinic to to get the kids excited because there's a holiday coming up. Yeah, I love Pinterest, and I. I TeachMeToTalk.com has a very active Pinterest page, too. Not quite as prolific as PediaStaff, but there are 72, uh, I have 72 boards and a little over 1,000 pins. And so, but many, many of the activities that I've pinned, I've actually repinned from PediaStaff. So, great ideas. And if you're on Pinterest, check out uh, PediaStaff's Huge wealth of information there, and then uh, teachmetotalk.com stuff. And, you know, I am a birth, I'm an early intervention person, Heidi. I think I shared that with you before. So tons of information about developmental milestones and lots and lots and lots of just very practical therapy ideas, whether you're looking at kind of those teach um, visual structured tasks those things are on there, and lots of things beyond speech, too. Fine motor tasks, cognitive ideas, lots of sensory box ideas. So, yep. Well, one yeah. of the things so I love about Pinterest is that so many of the bloggers out there, that's one of the, become a real go-to way of getting um, getting traction for, for various bloggers is to post right. them on Pinterest. And there are so many early childhood blogs with some absolutely yeah. darling ideas of, of things to do with kids at home or, or um, you know, just what to do with pre preschoolers um, that are just phenomenal to take into the speech classroom. Yeah, I love it. I think you can get so many ideas. And I think, too, you can get variations on things that you've done for a long time but that maybe feel a little tired to you. And you think, oh, I wish I had a new way to play with cars. And This kid likes cars. He won't do anything but cars. I've got to come up with something new to do with cars. And you can get on Pinterest there and get some new ideas for those things. If you're leading circle time, say that you see a kid in a daycare situation and as soon as you walk into that daycare, the teacher checks out and you're suddenly not only in charge of the little client you're seeing, but all of the rest of the toddlers in that classroom. And you're thinking, I, I haven't been in a preschool setting in a long time. I don't know what to do. I don't have any great ideas. Pinterest would be where you could find some new things to do. So, again, not only can you get Philosophical information and journal articles. You can also get the the you know down to earth nitty gritty therapy ideas too. So tons and tons and tons of good ideas there, and lots of articles to share with parents. I mean, it's sort of like oh, yeah. you know when 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 SLPs talk to each other, it's preaching to the choir. And then you'll find an article where somebody said where somebody talked about how important. Um, getting on the floor is and talking to your child and, and working with them on their tummies, um, even if it's just 
sitting there with the cars on the on the and talking about where the car is going and and all this wonderful language development that happens on the floor. Um, right. Finding if you you can trip over articles about that bloggers who are SLPs have written that you say, oh my God, I could never have written this myself, but this is exactly right. what I need to tell Mrs. Smith. And you can print that exactly. off and hand it to Mrs. Smith after the next session about you know why she really needs to make sure she gets some tummy time in and 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 sits on the floor after before or after dinner. Yeah, I think it's I've I have found great 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 resources that way. All right, we talked about Pinterest. Let's move on to part two in your uh, social media tools guide, and that would be embracing blogs. So tell us about that section, Heidi. Well, uh, as I was telling before, is there are some uh, the advent of the internet and the blog and the free blog platform on both. Uh, WordPress and, and Google have probably the two strongest ones. But because those are free, it has provided an enormous new you know, way for, for SLPs all over the world to uh, be able to speak their mind as if they had you know, their own column in their own newspaper, which is, is just right. a phenomenal new way of sharing. And so these bloggers all have their own little niche. Uh, there are several uh, early intervention speech blogs that I love, um, I follow all kinds of wonderful OT blogs. There are bloggers who talk very specifically about articulation. Now, some of these bloggers have a um, have a, a commercial interest. They might be trying to sell you their latest book. The good bloggers realize that it's what, what they're trying to do is to show that they're knowledgeable about what they're they're teaching and what their book is about. So they have some really phenomenal things to share. Um, that, that that would be like my blog. Valuable. Exactly, and like my blog. So, so the idea now, the the uh, the old-fashioned way to follow blogs and to learn about blogs is to you know we used to go on Google Reader, which God bless its heart is gone, um, but right. you used to get RSS feeds of these blogs. Well, that's a very technical thing, and it's not very you know easy to understand for for a lot of us older folks. <laughs> So um, there are definitely better ways to follow blogs. And I will tell you that Pinterest is probably the best way to yes. find blogs I think that you so want too. to follow. And so um, you don't have to be knowledgeable about how to specifically follow a blog. There's actually a Pinterest board called SLP Blog Posts. And if you follow that board, you'll get a, a large selection and collection of, of blogs to follow right there. But the, what I love about the bloggers is that they all have a different angle. Some of them are school-based. Mm -hmm. Some of them are clinic-based. Some of them are, you know, um, dealing with older uh, older patients. And, you know, there's a couple of blogs of, uh, for geriatrics and SNF. Uh, but the majority of the, the SLP bloggers are working with children. So it's right. just an enormous amount. And tons of early intervention bloggers, and again, that's early intervention across different settings, whether they're in preschools or they they work in a state with a home-based system, so they're doing home visits, or whether they're in private practice and have their own clinic, just lots of um, variables there. So you can nearly always find somebody who does almost exactly what you do. And before the Internet, we did not have that. We did not have that capability. Of, and sometimes, again, if you lived in a remote place and you didn't have a ton of friends, you know, your friends might have been OTs and PTs because you were, all worked for the same company, but maybe you're the only speech person. Um, 
you would never have had the opportunity to do what we do now. And so I love blogs for that reason because you can nearly always find somebody who does nearly the same exact job in the same exact setting that you have. And it's, again, great, great, great ideas to share there. Right, and you can stretch the envelope because an early childhood blog um, for people who are in, let's say, daycare and nursery school settings, um, yeah, maybe they're talking about neurotypical children, but you can apply any of those to your older kiddos with special needs. So, you know, it's really... um, there's just so much wonderful crossover that's um, enabled by uh, by these blogs, and, and I find just huge numbers of, of wonderful ideas from homeschool parents and, and, and preschool yeah. teachers and kindergarten teachers who are all just blogging their little hearts out to share, yeah. <laughs> and it's just terrific. I love it. I love it, too, and that's how I got started. And my husband, for years with me, you know, I started – practicing 20 years ago when he would say, man, you ought to write a book. He'd think, I do not have enough time to go to the bathroom, much less write a book. And so yep. when in about 2006, 2007, he would say, Laura, I really think you ought to use some of this Internet stuff. And finally he said, I think you ought to write a blog. And after I said, what is a blog, it finally <laughs> occurred to me, yeah, that would be a good idea. And I usually call it and say, a blog, I would say to people, I mean, this is how untechy I was at that point. I would say, started a website because people understood that, people who were over 40. And so that's how I got started with just writing information. And at first, I really thought that my mother and my best friends were the only people who read it. And then I started getting emails from people from all over the world who mm-hmm. were therapists or parents. And they would say things like, my child has been in speech therapy for six months, but I've never understood what my therapist meant until I read your article about blah, blah, blah. And so, again, I think it's a great way to reinforce and support parents uh, who even are working with, uh, you know, another therapist. So, again, it's kind of a different take on maybe the same message, and I think that's what's been so powerful. And 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 we know that everybody has a different learning style. Our our their, our right. clients have different learning styles, but we as therapists have different learning styles. And so, a blog that speaks to one SLP may not speak, or a parent, or an article that speaks mm-hmm. to one SLP or parent may not be the same article or picture or activity that speaks to another. So, um, the whole variety exactly. of blogs allows you to get so many different kinds of messages and then there's bound to be the message or the style of blog that suits you best. I've, one of the kinds of blogs, if you're looking for inspiration, if you've had a particularly bad day or a child who took a meltdown and had a meltdown in your clinic and, and you just like, why am I working with these children? I can't stand it anymore. I want to just go and lock my door. Um, pick up, um, go to one of my uh, my boards and, and, tr- and try to find some posts from some of these special needs moms blogs talk about inspirational there are some incredible bloggers out there who are talking about their challenges every day with their children the things they're doing for their kids the uh the progress they've made um just some absolutely gorgeous stories and and things that'll make you say yeah this is why i i got that degree and this is why i do what i do exactly and i've been able to really point parents of who have children with similar issues to those kinds of blogs, and I can't tell you the number of moms who've said, thank you so much for telling me about, you know, so-and-so, 
because I, you know, I I read her page every day or hooking people yep. up on Facebook with that with, you know, follow this page. This would be a great page for you or I get so much good information from this person and they, you know, they have their site, they have their blog, but they also have a Facebook page. And so I think um that that's been a tremendous tool too and that's kind of a caregiver education piece and a caregiver well, support piece a, that we're providing now. Yeah, there's just been such an evolution since the internet started of this. I mean, I have right. a son who's twenty twenty one now, but he's um on the edge of the spectrum, he has severe A D D and is very Asperger's ish. And I remember yeah. I, I have one to serve. I used to have to go to listserv. Uh, I think the one I used to go to was the gifted special listservs way back in the day, and it was so yeah. clunky to communicate yeah. with people. And now with Facebook groups and blogs and, and Twitter groups, um, it has become so much easier to realize you're not alone. Whether exactly. you're a parent or an SLP, you're not alone, exactly. and there are other people that are sharing those same experiences these day-to-day, which is what makes this whole social media thing I'm so why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on and talk to Twitter. Talk about Twitter. Okay, now Twitter is definitely an acquired And I'm taste. laughing because I said talk to Twitter. My husband's laughing at me over here. I Twitter sound, is I an sound acquired over 45 taste. now. Twitter is not easy to get used to. Um, it's definitely acquired taste. It is... Um, you only have, what, 140 or 160 cat- uh, characters to say what you want to say, uh, and that right. might include a link. But it is a way to broadcast um, across um, the, the the Internet, uh, so to speak, an idea or thought or question that you might have um, related to either, you know, your child or, or your, 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 uh, your student by using what we call hashtags. And so if you put the, right. the hashtag SLPEEPS, uh, that's S-L-P-E-E-P-S, at the end of a tweet, you are guaranteed to have probably hundreds of SLPs see it. So uh, yeah. it's, it's decent for conversation, but even better for just sharing. Um, mm-hmm. I want to share a link to an article I saw, or I want uh, right. to uh, – so that there, there's there's ins and outs you have to – carefully, you know, pick and choose your characters, and it's very easy to go over. Um, I would say that for beginners, I don't recommend Twitter because pretty much everything you can get on Twitter, you can get on Pinterest um, these days. So if you're just starting out, but if you already have a Twitter account and you like uh, Twitter, and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun because it's real time. And I think a lot of people like of Twitter. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like Twitter because you can do it from your phone, and it's something to do while you're standing in line at the grocery store or at Target or sitting in the carpool line. And that's how lots of my friends use Twitter is they may not even use it from a laptop, but it's more of a little diversion <laughs> that they might use. And you can follow. To me, the best part of Twitter is not necessarily what I say, but what I read from all of the accounts that I follow. And so I think it's a great professional development um, resource for us because after you, you'll you'll find somebody that you like and usually people who have blogs or websites or products or who are just speakers 
or whatever they do, they'll have a Twitter. And so you can search their name and follow them and then look and see who they follow and follow those people based on kind of their descriptions. And then you might find somebody that's up in your your feed all the time that you'll think, gosh, I really I really like what they say. I so or I don't know about this at all. You can follow the people that they follow and that they link. And so I think it's a great way to kind of build your knowledge base beyond what you would normally find even on Facebook, I think. I think it's a little easier to find newer things on Twitter than it would and certainly I mean it's certainly easy on Pinterest too. But that's why I like Twitter so much. Let me throw out three key. Let me throw out three key things to use if you want to use Twitter. Um, As I mentioned already, the uh, there's the the SL Peeps hashtag. There is also SLP Mm -hmm. Bloggers hashtag. So anybody Uh who's blogging on Twitter, um, for the most part, is using this SLP Bloggers hashtag. So if Uh you're looking specifically for blog posts, you can follow. um, You can do a search. For that hashtag and then save it and then the next time you open your phone you go you go to your your search save searches and you can run that search and it will bring up all the new um, tweets that have come out with that hashtag there is also an account that the SL peeps created which is at SL peeps if you follow that account it means you also consider yourself an SL peep so if you go to that account and look at all of those followers all those people have pretty much um, agreed to let you follow them. So if you're looking to build up the following of um, other SLPs, go to that SLP, at SLPeeps account, follow all of the followers that follow that, and you'll have right. a really nice, really great start of, of your, your SLP community. Yeah, I think that's great. And I love, again, because most of the time people are posting links to other things that you may not have even known existed. I've found some wonderful journals that, again, I never would have known about that particular publication had I not found it on Twitter. So I think it's a great thing. And I do think people who aren't really in social media do get more scared by Twitter than any other uh platform because it moves so fast and you feel like, you know, again, you know, I may not know what I'm doing here, but after you do it a while, you'll get more used to it. And again, you don't ever have to say anything. You can just follow Um, tons and tons and tons of of people or accounts that you never would have known about otherwise. So I think it's great. And I I beg people to do Twitter who who will say to me, oh, I'm thinking Facebook, but I don't know about that Twitter. And a lot of people feel that way, but it's a great way to get information. Well, the other thing about Twitter is you, it's not like Facebook. If you're going to be your, somebody's Facebook friend, you have to know them, okay? So and it's right. considered an invasion to try to Facebook friend somebody you don't know. On Twitter, all those bets are off. If someone uses the yeah. hashtag SLPeeps, they want you to follow them because they right. they want to know that you're an SLPeep too. So right. they um, it, there isn't that same barrier. And, in fact, if we have time, Laura, there's um, another um, – fairly new um, social media um, Instagram. We just started on Instagram last week. Um, and I really, think, I really think I like it because it's very similar to Twitter, except instead of tweeting links, you're tweeting pictures. Okay, right. so and I think Instagram, Instagram, if you have a teenager, your teenagers already know about Instagram, so you can get them to go teach you how to do it. But 
and they're like getting off the of Facebook. <laughs> they're yeah. leaving Facebook. I don't know if you knew that. They're leaving totally. Facebook in droves I, because the parents are all there. Exactly. <laughs> I have older kids, so I totally know that and how uncool Facebook is now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Instagram is a Twitter-like service um, where you can take a photo off of your phone uh, or your iPad and send it up there, just like a tweet, and people will follow you. You can follow people. Again, you use hashtags, and it is it's extremely similar to Twitter. Um, you cannot embed a link in a in a Instagram post. And, in fact, it is, as I said, it's primarily for pictures, although there are some fun little um, apps that go along with Instagram that you can actually type things onto, like, a little blackboard and tweet that. So you can create graphics um, and tweet those. So if you want to ask a question, for example, you can sort of do it that way. Um, but for the most part, it's picture sharing. Um, over the last week or so since we made the plunge into Instagram, I've seen some lovely, fantastic pictures of SLP classrooms that are that are being put together as we speak. You know, SLPs get mm -hmm. into their classrooms, they set it up, they take a picture, they send it to Instagram. Oh, wow, I never would have thought to use bins like that, you know, and, and show right. the ways they're, they're, they're doing their, their classroom. Which So Instagram provides a, an ability to share things that really doesn't exist in any other social media up until this point. Not, you know, you right. can't just keep posting and posting pictures to your Facebook page without your friends getting annoyed as all heck. Yeah. But the idea of Instagram yeah. is that it's okay to post picture after yeah. picture. Um, pictures of um, books. I have, uh, we're developing a clinical lending library here, and every time a new book comes in the mail that I'm going to add to the library, I take a picture of it, and I'm like, oh, boy, I'm so excited. You know, this is a great book. And and right. people are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know about that book. I have to look that up. Right. So, again, that's fun. That's something you can do in the grocery store. Very easy to go through your Instagram um, feed in, in the grocery store, and it's a, a free app, very easy to use, um, Android and iPhone. So that's that's something fun to try. I think Instagram, too, is kind of the newest thing. And, again, if you have children that are older middle school or high school or college, they probably already have that on their phone, and they teach you how to put it on your phone, too. And it's a little tedious to do from a laptop. I think it is better to do on a phone or a tablet, don't you think? I don't think you can use it. You can have, you can view your own photos, and but you really can't interact with it um, on the laptop. They have not really made much of a, yeah, yeah, you really can't use it on the computer. Yeah, but I like it again. And if you're if you're not following your teenagers on Instagram, that would be a nice way to spy on them. In addition to getting all of yep. your, <laughs> yeah, and um, your, PDF staffs. Uh, um, Shameless plug, Pedia Staff's uh, account is just Pedia Staff. What's yours, Laura? I do not have an Instagram, but I'm going to get one today. You've really inspired me. Now, I have Instagram on my phone for it's my daughter's Instagram. And, again, I've already talked about that ultra-secret spying thing that we mothers sometimes do. Uh, but I think I'm going to get my own account now for teachmetotalk.com on there. That's a great Good idea. Good idea. Yeah, and, again, yeah. it's really easy and, and not very – time-consuming, and you can flip through it. And um, The only thing I have discovered is that I am I love to follow people back who are following Pedia staff, and I'm now following like 450 people in just the week that we've been on because the word got out that we have an account. And the problem yeah. is I'm seeing everybody's ice cream Sundays, and I can't seem to find there, – there are much fewer SLP and, and OT 
photos being posted, and I'm, they're getting lost in the shuffle, so I'm going to have to quite figure out whether how I'm going to manage how to that. <laughs> keep it down, yeah. Yeah, I can see how it would really be more like a Facebook where you're going to have your personal stuff there. But I think yeah. it's a great idea. I can't wait to check out staff's account on there. I'm going to definitely yeah, do and that. And if you All use right, the hashtags, that, that's, the way to, that's actually the way to feed them out is that you check for hashtags, and then I can say, okay, bring up everything that was coded SL peeps this week, and it will it will oh, call out all the the culinary stuff. There you go. All right, let's talk about Facebook. But I think most people already who are going to do Facebook have already done Facebook. But I think some wonderful uh, pages on Facebook. That, um, people may not know about. You've already mentioned how SLP is a big thing on Twitter, but that's also a group on Facebook as well. Yes, um, it's called SLP. is the name of the Facebook group. Uh, it is moderated. You do have to apply, but they um, they'll just check to see, you know, make sure that you're not a spammer, um, and they'll right. leave it. It's a really wonderful book. There's also a, a group. There's also a high school SLP group that just started fairly recently, which is all secondary and, and middle school stuff, which is um, really excellent because I find that we're always looking in, in a very short supply of, of uh, activities and, and information on treating um, the upper um, upper level kids. So that's all. Yeah, and there, I think uh, we probably do have some listeners to cover all age bands. I know a lot of times people in private practice, if they're the one-stop shop in a town, they may see had speech pathologists who come to my courses joke and I'll say, oh, do you work in early intervention? You know, this is a class about toddlers. And they'll say, I see anybody who walks through the door, birth to 99. So they're treating a wide variety of people. But you're right, that high school age group, that's a hard age group to find cool treatment ideas for. So that would be a great page to follow yep. if, if that's yep. your population. Yeah, and that one's a group also. Um, and then there's also school-based um, speech, speech and language therapy. So if you start typing in school-based speech and language therapy, uh, you'll find that mm -hmm. group. And that's sort of another subgroup that's, that's cropped up that's also quite active. There's also a bilingual yeah. speech therapist group on Facebook. I think that's a great idea, too, and I get tons of questions about that all the time. So that might be a good resource for folks who are looking for additional <laughs> Excuse me for that. Another board that I follow on Facebook is Speech Pathologist at Large, and I think sometimes you'll um, have people, you know, Caroline Bowen's on there sometimes. Mm -hmm. She's a, speech, a very, very ultra-famous speech pathologist from Australia. And she posts on there occasionally. So I think that's another great board that I like to follow on Facebook. Yep. Now, did I talk about LinkedIn in the book? Because I'm, I'm really quite excited about what we're doing there. Talk um, about LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I don't do LinkedIn, so this will be, this will be okay. good for me. Okay. Well, LinkedIn is good for getting to know other people in your field. Um, and and you what you can do is you you set up your own professional profile and it's especially excellent for networking locally. So if you um, you join and you put up your profile, you can actually search for other SLPs in your town on LinkedIn. I know uh, several of uh, you know meetup groups that have done luncheons and stuff that have um, evolved because they met on over LinkedIn. 
Um, so that's mm-hmm. really neat to get get to meet people. Um, I'm especially proud of what we've built in our group. It's the, called the the Pediatric and School Based Therapy Group Discussion Group on LinkedIn. We have over 8,500 members, and they are wow. every one of them. Every one of them to a T has a degree in either OTPT speech or school psychology. Uh, I have led in a few pediatric pediatric nurses and stuff. Uh, There isn't a single recruiter in there, I guess, except for me. (laughs) But um, they're they're all professionals. So you can do what you want to, right? (laughs) That's right, and it's it's all um, manually moderated. So. I manually allow people in every day and and reject them every day so that the group stays free of spammers. And, in fact, whenever even somebody comes on that has a company that it looks like they're wanting to eventually sell something in the group, I'll send them a really lovely message that says, we'd love it if you participate, uh, but try not to, you know, put too many promotions about your stuff in there and let people figure out what you do because you're contributing. So uh, it's a very great um, group. This week we have a vibrant conversation going on about um, about uh, IEPs um, and uh, different types of evaluations, and they're just because it's interdisciplinary. You get all kinds of wonderful things going back and forth. So I'll post an article that I saw on um, speech um, on Science Daily about you know a new test for Down syndrome, and it will inspire just a, a fantastic conversation back and forth about you know, either you know, this or that. And, and that, I think, is one of my, the most valuable groups we we know of um, on the Internet just because it is it is so interdisciplinary and there's just such a large number of people who participate. It's, it's, it's really a terrific group. Okay, so tell us how to do LinkedIn, Heidi, for, for people who've never even heard of LinkedIn. And I get invitations to LinkedIn all the time, but I've never done it. But after today, I okay. might check that out. So LinkedIn.com, L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N, one word, .com, and you uh-huh. basically have to set up an account. Um, you will, um, you can don't have to do a whole lot for your profile right away, but they'll continue to pester you until you've got a complete, basically almost <laughs> like a resume up there. Um, right. And then um, you can go choose groups you want. You can do a search for groups, um, search speech language pathology. There's about six or seven groups. Um, for speech up there, um, you can find uh, our group, um, and then just start joining groups and, and get involved in the conversation. There is there is a profile page where you can post status, very similar to Facebook. I don't use it. I really mm-hmm. use it just for the groups. So I would just I would get yourself signed up, get enough in your profile so that group moderators will know who you are and know right. why you are um, eligible to be a member of a group. Um, okay. And then take it from there. And then you, what's also kind of nice is you can start and, and requesting invitations. And it becomes especially useful too once you make some friends to, you know, get recommendations. Um, I have a client who's moving to Chicago. Um, who do you recommend who's the best SLP for early intervention Ooh, that's good. in the Chicago metro area? You know, really, that's really. You know, so you could do a search for for that. Um, and be able to find people uh, that you might not have known or get recommendations. So that's that's kind of nifty. That's great. And I again, I get oh my goodness, invitation upon invitation upon invitation to join LinkedIn, and I've never done it yet. But today's show has inspired me to put that on my list for something that I might do this week. So 
I'm going to take a look at that. All right, Heidi, let's finish up with telling us more about your company and what you do so that if anybody well, out there is looking for a job. <laughs> thank you so much. PDS staff, um, we do both contract um, school um, placement whereby if you're looking to, let's say, explore somewhere new and maybe travel um, to a different location, uh, you can come to us and we can hook you up. But we also um, have we have SLPs that have worked for us for five years at the same school district, but they're still on contract through us. Um, so many right. people prefer to have the, the cash versus the school benefits. If you have a significant other right. with, a, with a really strong benefits package, you might not need everything the school provides. And, and there's a lot of money that sh could be in salary that is instead in benefits in the public schools. So if you don't need right. those benefits but you want to work in a public school environment, you might prefer to contract because then you'll get a, an hourly rate, which is commensurate to what you would be making perhaps in a clinic. Um, right. Without, you know, and, and not being differential. There. So we do a lot of that. Um, we also do permanent, what we call direct hire placement, um, whereby we will just introduce you to our clients who are looking for different types of uh, of um, SLPs with with different uh, specializations and and uh, who are interested in their particular geography. Um, many, many of our clients will pay for relocation. Um, others will uh, pay for interview expenses if you're moving to a particular part of the country and you really don't know which end is up and, and where are the good places. We do a lot of work with small clinics. Um, our services, we've made them extremely affordable to small mom-and-pop clinics and, and uh, sole proprietorships so that we actually do have access to positions in very small uh, private clinics where, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think you could get a job through an agency. And, and we can help, you know, navigate the negotiating process and um, all that type of stuff. So, you know, we this is what we do, and we think we're pretty good at it. One of the things that, as I said, I feel like sets us apart from our competitors is because we do put so much money back into uh, providing all of this um content and, and education. Yeah. So that's that's why yeah. I'm proud that we founded the company and, and feel like we're we're doing good work here. That is awesome. And I think I noticed somewhere that there's like a Mississippi address on there and I'm from Mississippi, so that naturally made me have a connection to Pia staff. So there you go. Oh yeah, our brick and mortar office is in Tupelo. Um Tupelo, yeah. Mississippi. And we have, but we have recruiters um, sprinkled all over the country, actually. So we're, yeah. we, uh, they're very tech savvy in the sense that we have offices and, and do a fair amount of our own virtual networking at the company. I'm actually in Florida. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for being on today. You were wonderful, as I knew that you would be. And thanks for sharing your knowledge. And again, if you want to get your hands on the book that we've been using today is the Essential Social Media Tools for SLPs, a guidebook, and that's courtesy of PDS staff. You can find the link on teachmetotalk.com's Facebook page and check that out yourself. And for those of you who need black and white written directions for how to do this stuff, it's right there. Heidi and her colleagues and the folks that contributed have done all the hard work for us. So thank you so much for the show and for that great um tool that you shared with us. You're very welcome. And if any of your listeners would like to get a hold of me with, with any specific questions about social media or about PDA staff in general, they can feel free to email me directly at Heidi at PDAstaff.com, H-E-I-D-I at P-E-D-I-A-S-T-A-F-F dot com. 
That is awesome. Now, Heidi, will you agree to come back in about six months and update us on all the wonderful stuff that I'm sure you'll do between now and then? Sure. I'd love to have you no back. Problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you Thank so you much. So have much. a great day. Thank Next you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Next week, we're going to have Kimberly Scanlon, who's an early intervention SLP, and she's written a darling book for parents that she's going to tell us about. So I hope you'll join me for that show. Thanks so much. Have a great evening.